Night Whispers. It's a hobby. So what's yours? Resurrection. Night Whispers, November 10 of Gherkins and Gurkhas. And your dream word is prepare. 2 Samuel 21 verse 15 to 17 says, War broke out again between the Philistines and Israel. David and his men went down to fight. David became exhausted. Ishbibanob, a warrior descended from Rapha, with a spear weighing nearly eight pounds and outfitted in brand new armor, announced that he'd killed David. But Abishai, son of Zariah, came to the rescue, struck the Philistine, and killed him. Did you know a gherkin is a sweet little vegetable suitable for the hamburger generation? One night at a new boxing club where I was coaching, a local councillor popped in to lend his support to the latest local endeavour. This one-legged veteran was in his 70s and had been up and working for the last 12 hours of the day, getting a petition together for an old Gurkha colleague who was sick, infirm, destitute and deserted by the government of the country he had fought for and also in urgent need of a pension. The old councillor soldier still had a four-mile journey home riding his electric invalid carriage in the dark and in the rain. It was parked near the door, in the light, just in case the local teenagers vandalised it, trashed it or stole from it. On that particular night, I was preparing for a sermon series entitled War, What Is It Good For? My answer was a biblical one, and so the answer was most definitely not absolutely nothing. Doing some background research on the subject then, I was reading the World War II narrative of Major General Sir John Kennedy entitled The Business of War. This man served in the war ministry for the length of World War II, being responsible to the Chief of the Imperial General Staff for all plans and operations. It's a fascinating read concerning the background state, preparations and ambitions of the British Empire around that particular period of just 75 years ago, or if you will, just three generations ago. After delivering my morning sermon on the Sunday I was preparing for, I was chatting about those times with a woman in her early 70s and commented that this England in which we now live bore virtually no resemblance whatsoever to the one I was reading about and that I suspected that the folk who sacrificed so much during those dreadful times, even their very lives for the defence and continuance of our freedom, our culture and our country, might not have lain it all on the line so willingly for such a state as this. She agreed. Whichever way we cut this so sad state of affairs of our country, in this now not-so-great Britain, we have to say that the freedom so valiantly fought for by that most recent of warring generations has been in the peaceful aftermath thrown away, frittered away, and lost. The oh-so-sad evidence of this is clearly seen in a poll taken of the present younger generation who thinks that Winston Churchill is either a myth or a nodding dog that sells car insurance. Just how did we come to this most pauper historical position? Well, it seems to me that although we won the war, we most dreadfully and most definitely lost the peace. 
And there we have it. We lost the peace. You see, what we thought was the end of the war was merely the end of an expression of the war, for it did, in fact, for it did, in fact, continue at more vicious a pace than ever, well after VE and VJ Day, and the V3 rockets of utter destruction and total annihilation were aimed at our Christian values, especially where they were embodied in personal, sociological, institutional, and ethical edifices. For those that can see, then, the damage done to us after the physical hostilities had ended was of far more greater import than any done to us during the burning blitz. Humanly speaking, I have to tell you that all is lost. For the church, still thinking itself to be rich and living on old glory, is presently like a one-legged veteran gathering a petition for a sick friend, trying to find its way home in the cold, dark rain, trembling at the thought that the rubber wheels of its invalid carriage might be punctured by the sharp and ignorant teeth of politically correct and drug-empowered and drunken youths. Humanly speaking, we're finished, so go home and prepare to die. But God. Yes, but God. And I tell you that it is only those two magnificent words that get me up in a morning. But God. Yes, there is great hope in these two great words. Therefore, let us leaders make all prayerful and practical ways in this current death sentence for those two marvellous words to be redemptively expressed in all of our preparations to survive and thrive in the judgment to come. I am hopeful, indeed I'm full of hope, yet not of the hopium kind, even that spiritual drug dealer lie of a coming revival. No, we need real action, we need real preparation, and we need real prayer. So let us rip the heads off the nodding dogs of our sick society and our sick church society, and pray that God might raise up to us some spiritual war among us, some new Churchills, ready at whatever the cost to fight the good fight once more. Now then is the time for us to pray and implore that those troops of the Empire of the Sun, who were birthed in the New World by the bloody efforts of the true Christian soldiers of the old, now long-gone world, even the missionary people of these God-forsaken islands, would today, with all their power and might, now come to the aid, rescue and liberation of our old world. No, I don't want the tawdry trash of charismatic soy boys or the nonsense of spit-screaming prosperity preachers. But my God, we need some old-fashioned screaming eagles to come. We need some real help from abroad and we need it now. For all of our current sweet little Christian vegetables will simply flavour the pattered mincemeat of their own consumption. Who knows? In answer to our prayers, maybe God will send in his Gurkhas. For I feel that we need the Gurkhas and their spirit rather than the compromising Gherkins we presently have, that's for sure. Remember now, a Gurkha is a soldier. Fierce. Formidable fanatical. Listen, we shall defend our island, whatever the cost may be. We shall fight on the beaches, we shall fight on the landing grounds, we shall fight in the fields and in the streets, we shall fight in the hills, we shall never surrender. And even if, which I do not for a moment believe, this island or a large part of it was subjugated and starving, then our empire beyond the seas, armed and guarded by the British fleet, would carry on the struggle until in God's good time, the new world, with all its power and might, steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of the old. Winston Churchill. Pray with me, please. Lord, from the sown seeds of the saints of old, who from these islands took your word abroad, please send back to us the fruit of spiritual sustenance and deliverance to aid us in our preparations 
to both survive and thrive in the judgment soon to fall upon us in all of its righteous heaviness. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, and let it be so. Hi, it's Victor Robert Farrell here. Support us today by getting your latest copy of Night Whispers from nightwhispers.com. That's nightwhispers.com.